What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We've got episode three of the Two Added Minutes podcast. I'm here, as always, with Colin. Colin, what's up, dude? Hey, what's up? How's it going? It's going good. I spent the first two episodes, I've been in North Carolina for the past two weeks, and uh, finally back in Boston. It's good to be back quarantining. Um, and and I'm kind of sad that I've been missing out on all the uh, all or nothing uh, on Prime, but I haven't gotten a chance to look at it yet, and I know you have, but uh, I'm looking forward to watching that now that I'm back. Yeah, I've seen four episodes so far, so I'm sure that'll come up when we get to Spurs. Yeah, I've seen like little snippets on Twitter, and it's just, it's all the content I want in my life, so I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Some of it you might not like, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, that's Spurs. I mean, some of it's not going to be what I want to see, but it's all Spurs, so I love it all. Yeah. I guess we've had a pretty busy uh, weekend and past week, I think, of transfers outside of the teams that we're talking about today. Um, I know Messi's probably the headliner there. Also, some Kai Havertz confirmations. Um, you know, you want you want to talk about some of these some of these guys coming in before we jump into our last seven teams here? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so Messi not coming is well. I wasn't really planning on it anyway. And like I said when we talked about City, just get Messi if he joins. So, not really a huge loss in the sense that. Not like nothing would have changed other than the first draft pick would have been lucky as, as fuck. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just going down the list of, of teams, I guess, um, Kai Havertz, I think stands out as the biggest transfer for sure. Um, I think, I don't know how much we want to go into detail considering, um, we already talked about the team a lot, but I think he definitely has potential to be like one of the first five or so overall picks. I could see him even going as early as like third or fourth. Yeah, I think um, I think most of the mock drafts that I look at don't don't have him there, but uh, even the ones that I've seen recently. But I could see him there. I could also see him like late first round, depending on what people think or like what kind of risks people want to take with a new player. But I, de- I you know, I, I see him as a first rounder. I think. Yeah, I think that's um, that's certain. I guess it depends a bit too on um, how league structures. I I think our league really values midfielders the most. So for us, I think he'll definitely be the first part of the the first round. Yeah, it's definitely possible. It's currently average draft position 24. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's probably just because it wasn't necessarily confirmed yet. Yeah, probably. But now that he's now that he's there, I think I I mean there's definitely a a benefit to having a draft. We do we do the draft like the day before the first game, so I think that's kind of um, mm-hmm. you know it gives you all the options on the table, which is nice. But yeah, so he he joined up very recently, like within the last um, I don't know four or five days from when we're recording, um, and there's already stuff coming out. He he left um, the German Germany team from the the League of Nations or whatever whatever it's called early to to finish that and and didn't play in a game so he'd be um good to pass his medical and stuff and there's word coming out that he could even be fit enough to uh to play the first game and that he looks really sharp so yeah i was wondering um, about that because that'd be sweet to see him in the first weekend yeah whereas you know other players like um zh might have a little injury from a friendly which i actually was like the five minutes at Chelsea I've caught in preseason. Um, I saw that happen. It it didn't look bad, but 
he still could be a doubt. Um, Pulisic, I doubt, will be ready for the first game as well. So um, I think Havertz is already going to be a better player than those two anyway. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a sweet season for Chelsea. All the Chelsea fans in the in the leagues are going to be chatting up a lot. So we'll see if it we'll see if it pans out. But yeah, and there's there's also a Chelsea talk of them potentially signing a goalkeeper, one from. Uh, I think it's let's pronounce like run or something from mm. france right um so they're literally other than i think their starting 11 would literally be entirely new except for like as and pulisic that's maybe. wild that's wild which yeah it's crazy so i mean, it's all the hat it's all the hazard money too though that they're right. spending finally so that's sick. I mean, I, yeah, I actually didn't realize that it was going to be almost a full full new starting eleven. That's that's crazy. Mm, and yeah, and I guess like Conte too, probably. But yeah. well, actually, I guess what like Conte and Kovacic in the midfield, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, and then I think the other news is uh, the Mason Greenwood Phil Foden news, which is just it's just great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that was something we we forgot to mention um last time which was that both those teams aren't even going to be playing the first week um and actually i want to confirm uh which teams are missing out i think burnley was one of the ones that was postponed as well um because they're scheduled to play one of them and i cannot remember the other team um i'll try to look that up while we're talking here and and we can uh I yeah, can but that when I find it. Yeah, so bringing girls into the England's quarantine team hotel is just standard. Like <laughs> it had to happen to somebody. Uh, like maybe not in the prem, but across all sports. Like it's just like such a weird time. Um, but it's kind of depressing news for United fans. Although I have seen comments, um, saying that it's a uh, it's a genius move to force them to buy a right wing. Um, and that's <laughs> yeah. and that Sancho sent the girls so. Yeah, so uh, I mean that implies that Sancho wants to go to United, which uh, maybe he does. But well, well, yeah, in the eyes of United fans, sure. If I were him, I'd be I'd be looking out for for better teams. Maybe <laughs> I think he could, I think he could go probably pretty much anywhere that that needs someone in that spot. Yeah, the United fan in our group is definitely not going to say that. United's not the best destination for him, so we get a one-sided view. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I was hoping to find this postponed match, but um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's Burnley versus United, and then it's potentially City versus Villa. Um, so yeah, so Villa and Burnley are also teams that might not might not play the first week there if, if I got those fixtures right. So yeah, it's weird because it it sort of it dampens the excitement a little bit, but there's so much new stuff to see that it'll just be a more exciting second week, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think for people who might not get some of the really top players that are going to be amazing all season off those two teams, they sort of in a head-to-head format get a chance at a win in the first week there. Yeah, um, and people aren't going to be picking too many uh villa or burnley players so they're not going to be missing much i guess if you have Grealish, he's probably the one who goes the earliest between all the players on those two teams 
Yeah, don't don't um, panic if you lose game week one because you know the, the influx yeah. of players coming next week will be big. Yeah. But, as long um, as Fo- Foden and Greenwood get to play the next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it, I mean, 14 had, days from then? So I think they're good, right? If they had to quarantine for 14 days, they might... When was this? Yesterday, I think. They might miss out. I don't know. Yeah, they could. They could. I, I thought I thought I read something about it happening for second week, but but we'll see. So is that about it for, for other transfers? Uh, Not exactly. I guess while we're on City, it sounds like... Um, it sounds like they have put an official bid for Koulibaly, who their defense was a bit shaky, so um, that's obviously a player that will will help them a lot if they get that done Um, and sort of makes their defense a bit more um, attractive, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit more of a legitimate defense if he comes. I think it'd be a great signing. They need someone like that to just make me more confident. Yeah. because like I mean every, I other, wonder, every other piece is there, so yeah. I just wonder who who plays where. I, I'd assume the duo would be Laporte and Koulibaly, mm-hmm. um, with Walker on the right, maybe, and or Cancelo. So they have options there. And then I don't know if Ake. He was like forty million. I don't see how he's not like regularly featuring. And I think he played at like. A left center back that got forward in a back three when he was on Bournemouth, his first spell at Bournemouth, um, or even like a, a left wing back. So maybe he plays left back or something. Because um, I I think Mendy's a bit out of favor and and Zinchenko is uh, a player that he is. I guess I don't know. He's not bad, but he's not yeah, very he's def- not defensive at all. Right, he's he's kind of just gonna bomb up, but I, yeah, I think it is a little bit of a headache for for fantasy managers like drafting mm-hmm. city defenders. Like you yeah, know, I feel pretty confident player. about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can get pretty pretty good consistent rotation up top, but da- at the back, you run the risk of someone else like impressing and sort of like absorbing the role and, and dominating it. So I think, I mean, Walker and Ake, Laporte, like they're all players that will go. They might drop a few spots just based off all the the unknowns but Koulibaly coming would definitely throw a wrench into that um at center back but you know mm-hmm. proceed with caution but also these are some of the best players so you're gonna yeah. they're gonna go eventually and uh you just gotta keep your eye out but I do think that for certain styles of management d- picking a like a steadier defender on a worse team is is gonna be a good strategy especially in our scoring system with um it's just so much more dynamic like you don't need to have clean sheets to, to be a good defender mm-hmm. yeah um, so then the next team that I think we should mention, um, and I think we talked about these as potential transfers on the episode, but um, Allen and uh, James Rodriguez have both been confirmed as signings for Everton, and it sounds like they're also going to get uh, Ducore. So it's really just a revamp of their whole midfield, which is definitely an area where they sorely needed it. Um, I wish I kind of drew up a lineup for what, how the lineup uh with all these signings but but i didn't but um i think that it overall makes them more solid as a team i don't know who i would potentially pick out of here um in terms of an all-rounder i I think ducora is good at, at being a bit defensive but also um being great at attacking as well uh considering his position um i don't see how james doesn't get some 
good points, I guess, as well, just as, as an asset in our scoring, even if he's not scoring a ton of goals. Um, right. Though he could take, like, the... Well, I don't know. If Hammer or Dean take the take the left-footed uh, free kicks, that that's... I think that would be contested between them. Um, it... Yeah, yeah. I, I think that some of Everton's like these these past few signings have definitely made me more confident in them, and I, and I could see like the argument that like finishing twelfth, I think was it last year, like they, they should probably be challenging for Europa League again. You know, I don't really see mm-hmm. a reason not to do that, and that sort of like adds a lot of value to like especially like some of the really good Everton players that were good like last year, even like Dinier should be. A pretty like he should maybe be the first defender to go in the draft. Well, besides Trent, uh, but that's a given. Um, yeah, but he should I'd probably say be the after next one. too. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I might. I I definitely like Dina, and I think I took him pretty high last time. But yeah, like his well, value goes up. Yeah, what are you see, gonna I, I wonder though. Yeah, about that is the reason that Dina is so good is because um, Everton's midfield was so bad and couldn't create anything like all the chances they created were coming through Dinier so I wonder if actually these signings might hinder his fantasy output a bit but maybe not maybe they make it easier for him because um, there's a competent midfield there for him now and he just is able to be even more creative yeah. uh, I still think he's a good pick no matter what but um, and obviously the midfield is only going to help Everton as a team which will also make him a better pick um, but I'm not sure if, if how they'll affect his output from a, a creation standpoint mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely possible Everton definitely has a high ceiling this year and like the, having be willing to possess the ball a bit more in the midfield should allow them to give up a few less goals and their defender should be a little bit more valuable besides just him um, mm-hmm. but that, that should be a fun team to watch I think um, but a lot of yeah. other teams in that sort of zone are getting better too so it'll be competitive uh, as it always is Hmm. yeah i think their biggest weakness now is maybe um i guess on the wings i don't know up top i think calvert lewin's good actually um better than um he's kind of proven to be just from his underlying stats and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um so he he could be all right and obviously richarlison's great so um it's just maybe their left side is like Awobi and Bernard, and the right side has been Walcott, but I, I'm, I think I've heard that Hamas might play on the right, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he doesn't, I think I'd look for a resurgence, a resurgence in Awobi's or Walcott's season. I think I mentioned that in the first episode, but um, I like I like those two players as sort of a mid-round pick. Mm-hmm. So I think we should probably hop into the, uh, the final seven of our season previews here. We've got... Um, a few interesting teams in the lineup today, but we're going to start with Newcastle. Uh, last year, finishing 13th. Uh, since the restart, pretty similar. They were 14th, 14th best in the league, uh, putting up nine points. Not a lot of key transfers leaving, um, although Matt Ritchie was was pegged to leave and could still leave, I suppose. Um, but on their way in are some some definitely good signings. Um, Jeff Hendrick came in from Burnley. Uh, and just recently, Callum Wilson and Ryan Frazier were confirmed from Bournemouth, um, which I really like uh, on a Newcastle team that I thought would finish better than they did last year, but definitely should be on the up this year. Yeah, they're definitely going to improve. I mean, we're lucky that today they announced uh, both Wilson and Frazier because 
I was gonna say we should just skip them there <laughs> they are gonna be potentially fighting off relegation but um you know for once they made some actually good signings <laughs> that make sense for them um yeah thinking it's like, like last people, year like uh, Newcastle fans complain a lot but these are like some smart moves like I, I love Wilson and like he's just a great signing for them and obviously Frazier and, and him have great chemistry um mm-hmm. and Frazier was like an awesome player in fantasy last year so I'm definitely excited about Newcastle but I also was excited about Newcastle last year um to like they were just a team that I felt like would would have a little bit of momentum and like keep climbing um which they didn't really do but you know I, I definitely like their team this year yeah, well, I think what fell apart for them was they spent like forty million on uh, Joe Linton, and he. I mean, even when they bought him, they a lot of people were kind of scratching their head at that price, um, based on, I guess, how little he had played. At, I think he came from uh, Hertha Berlin, um, somewhere in the Bundesliga. I think people thought he was going to be like the next Firmino, uh, who also came from there, but. He did not pan out that way. I think he scored like two goals in the Prem last season or something, um, which is pretty terrible considering his price. Um, yeah. So, yeah, having someone like Wilson for like half the price is a lot better business and probably will have a lot better results. So It's interesting, though, like that you say that because I'm actually looking last year's fantasy points and they scored like very similarly in our league. Um, like before seeing that I would have definitely been more excited about Wilson. Like, and, and I do think he'll nab the top spot up there, regardless of whether or not they keep a, like, find a way to keep Joe Linton in the lineup with, with two strikers. But um, they actually had similar mm-hmm. output last year and Callum Wilson, like probably had a little bit of a down year. So um, it could be a good refreshing change of pace for him. And he, he could definitely skyrocket. I definitely think he's a, um, he's got a good, good potential this year. Yeah, I mean Wilson's thing, um, and the I think the link up with him and Frazier was actually not this past season, but the one before possibly, because um, I think Fraser had he expected to move last summer, um, and he didn't get a move, and he had his last year on his contract, and I I think he kind of got bombed out. Let me just look at to see like his minutes or or that sort of thing. Um, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a great player for our league, considering like how much he spends on the ball. Um, yeah, and he sort of like does it all, um, which I definitely like. I like I like a player that gets active in both areas of the field, so that really no matter how the game sort of shifts, whether or not it's a sit back and counter or like de- like possess the ball against a worse team, um, he's sort of involved in it all. Like he makes tackles, um, and he's like active in the attack. So he's definitely a player that's that that I like. Yeah, me too. I, I just think, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be good at, at Newcastle. I, I think their real issue was scoring goals, and it was kind of just like the same Maxman show. Um, I, I think Almiron spent some time injured, but all yeah. those four players linking up together, I think, should be pretty exciting. Yeah, Almiron's definitely on my list to watch this year. Um, like potential late round pick for sure. Um, St. Maximin as well should be probably at the top of the Newcastle list um, along with Wilson. And, and I think if they develop a good chemistry, then it could be a pretty strong top three. Um, I don't know if they'll find a way to play Jolington, change their formation a little bit, but as I see it, they probably just plug him in uh, and replace him with Wilson for the time being. Um, mm-hmm. And then Shelby and Richie in the midfield. 
uh, if Richie stays, which which it seems like he will, but don't want to say for sure yet. But only a few days left here. Um, and then Chet or Hendrick or no? What's that? Uh, Jeff Hendrick in the midfield. You mean? Uh, no. So on the left side, like Shelby and Richie. Um, th- those are both like high value players for me. And then maybe on the right, like Hayden and Mankio. Hmm. I think Hayden was eighth last year in scoring for them. Um, Mankio is just uh, at thirteenth. I don't think he played that much. Yeah, um, I'm not sort sure of like who a gets right, the... right center back. Like, uh, sorry, a right um, fullback, but like, a, like sort of a three-four-three of sorts. Um, they played. Did a little they bit. play a three at the back? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they did at some point. I, it's hard to say. I... I was looking at their last few lineups, but I know a lot of their center backs have been injured, so it's kind of made them do stuff that they might not normally do. But yeah, that right back spot, I'm not sure who who will get it. Um, yeah, and they line, also but... lost Rose back to Tottenham um, at, at the end of the mm-hmm. loan. So um, Fernandez, Lascelles, and Shar would be like a a decent chance as as their starting back line. Um, and then I guess also I've noticed that Dubrovko missed the start of the season, um, and Darlow should get a little bit of a chance to impress. So mm-hmm. Dubrovko was actually a really good performer for them last year. I think he was fifth um, in their scoring uh, in terms of overall points. So definitely a goalie that people like. Um, maybe Darlow comes in and impresses and, and takes over the spot, but uh, but Dubrovko is definitely still still a target. He might not get drafted because of it, um, and if not late, but you could always pick them off waivers yeah. if that was the case i think i think in our league that's big enough people will get dubravka like without paying attention to the injury maybe but who knows but yeah richie i, I mean with you mentioned rose going back i think that richie has to play left back possibly just because they don't really have uh many other options that are experienced there um, yeah unless if they, if they don't play three in the back they, they probably stick him back there yeah, I think unless they sign, um, there's rumor of them signing Jamal Lewis from Norwich, who went down, um, who I think would definitely be first choice there. So it, mm-hmm. it really hinges on that. And he would be, considering that they do have uh, pretty solid uh, center backs when they're not injured, and um, Steve Bruce's style is a bit more of a defensive style, I would say. And Dubravka's so good. I think Lewis would be a good pick if if he does join. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and then up top, like just to recap, like with Wilson coming in, I feel like Joelington it loses like a bit of steam there, but he probably still gets gets a shout if someone wants to look for. You know, they could still play him as well, um, or maybe some substitute potential or uh, any sort of switch up with that. Um, but it sort of knocks Carroll and Gale off the list in terms of consideration. Uh, just yeah, they're not really Gale was looking good, but he got injured like I think a few days ago or a week ago or something. Right, and um, yeah, he's up for a few months. But I still think Wilson is is all around the best uh, striker at the club, and they did pay for him as well. So I think that he'll he'll definitely be starting, and I think that they're gonna try to maybe sub Joe Linton on some or something to try and. Uh, get him to do something to recoup some of the value that they they paid for him uh, for like forty million or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, 
I don't see myself picking him up personally because I think he'll lose out to Wilson straight away. Or yeah. maybe not in the first week, maybe if Wilson needs to get up to speed or something. But um, Yeah, it could definitely. be a little sticky in the first few weeks determining what they're going to do. Um, yeah, but that, that'll that be most teams too because players will be coming from vacation and quarantining and uh, <laughs> new transfers quarantining and just it's going to be a big mess. At, that's the first week or two right yeah does that, that reminds window. me is there any is there any like news on whether or not fans are going to be back at any point during the season yeah actually um well i know i know arsenal has a plan and i'm assuming other teams in the league are going to adapt to it um basically uh early to mid-october like a very reduced capacity i think it was like 15 to 25 percent stadium capacity and basically wow. like you can go max in a group of four or something at least this is at least for arsenal and then between your group and the next like group or whatever there's you know x number of seats in between so Hmm. interesting i mean that'll be kind of fascinating because i was wondering like i know that college football in the u.s is gonna have some fans at some like games like scattered depending on how things work with local laws and everything but like, I was wondering what the major league in the world was that was going to return fans to the stadiums. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, 15 to 20% capacity would be kind of bizarre. But it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, at this point, it would be awesome. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be weird. I don't know. Yeah, I, it, I feel like the there's definitely a potential to like pick up some, some, uh, some, some things from the crowd that are not desirable. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, they've been well, running I... delays even for for uh games with no fans i just wonder if yeah if like fans will even you know they i'm sure they're the yell and stuff and we'll be able to hear what they say maybe but also i could see fans just being silent and it's just not the same <laughs> atmosphere like not the same atmosphere as a, a full stadium you know i don't know dude i think 15 to 20 percent like that's like a person every five seats like I think it'll get around yeah, enough to be. Yeah, you can't like yell at like right in the guy next to his face in excitement and shit though. And there's a goal because you're not <laughs> yeah, allowed you're to like by yourself. leave your little bubble. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that'll be funny. I mean, I, I would love that. That would be great. Uh, great entertainment. I mean, not if anyone gets sick, but great to see people just screaming and hopefully screaming. Hopefully, it's not like a library, but it would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so does that does that wrap it up for Newcastle? Anyone else to look at? Yeah, I think um, just to sort of recap, I'd definitely be looking at um, sort of those four attacking players we mentioned. Um, maybe wait and see on Almiron. Um, I think he should be good um, as a pick, but um, just to make sure that he's first choice to slot in there. And then uh, something like Dubravka, um, maybe Jamal Lewis if he comes in as well. Mm-hmm. I definitely like Shelby too in the midfield. Um, to, to yeah, he could do of... well in our in our scoring. I think he's he's one of those ones who is his conduct and stuff like that has um, kind of kept him from playing for teams that he might be good enough to play for. Although by this point he could be on the decline. It's hard to say, but I think that in terms of like passes and chance creation and stuff, he could be he could be decent for the fan track scoring. Yeah, last year he was actually pretty close to fantasy points per game um, to Sam Maximin. Um, 
you know, I think he's sort of a boss in the midfield. I definitely think he's a good fit there. Um, yeah, old Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's not he's not a looker. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that sort of fits Newcastle based off what I know from their fans from however many thousand miles away. But <laughs> <laughs> the um, true Jordy. <laughs> yeah, the true Jordy was the first one. <laughs> He's basically John Joe Shelby if he like spent all day in the gym. I think the true Jordy has no. He doesn't have any hair on top of his head, does he? Uh, I think he has like a a really close like buzz or something. He's not a guy I should shit on, right? So yeah, he's got whatever he wants. You know, he's just perfect in every way. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. So next up, uh, we've got Sheffield United. Uh, they finished ninth last year. Definitely a promising season for them. Um, they were 13th since the restart, putting up 10 points, so not great. A little bit of a dip, um, but they had some some troubles, uh, some struggles since then. Uh, and Dean Henderson has left uh, on his way to United. Um, we'll see if he sort of earns his spot over De Gea, but we'll see. We'll also see if um, sort of the old the old guard stays in there at United. But Dean Henderson is definitely a great player last year to have, uh, so he'll be missed for Sheffield. And on their way in, uh, the key one is probably Aaron Ramsdale from Bournemouth uh, in terms of the key signings. Yeah, that's, I think that's really their main signing too. And and I think they should pick up where they left off um, from a season standpoint in terms of their great defensive numbers and, and that sort of stuff. Um, the only concern I would have for that is if Ramsdale maybe is not quite at the same level as Henderson. Um it could hurt them in that way mm-hmm. um but otherwise you know that the team's mostly the same so um obviously they need to find a way to score more goals but they were definitely the dark horse of last season and um if they can finish even ninth again i think that that's something they consider a success given the the little amount of business they've done yeah it's it's sort of interesting because correct me if I'm wrong but they were like pretty high up in the like how high did they go last year yeah they were um yeah they were like I said a huge dark horse they were at least sixth for a while um okay because I thought that they had gotten a little bit higher I mean excluding the first few weeks of the year but yeah they were behind sort of like uh the top four in Leicester for a while um yeah, and, and I think it was really just after the restart that they sort of started dropping down. So um, they were pretty consistently up there for a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they're a team that people are definitely going to be cautious about, especially if you're in a league with people that don't know the players as well. So you might want to hold off on some of these like players that get consistent points for, for Sheffield. I'm looking at like Norwood and Stevens and maybe Basham too as like people who did really well last year. Um, yeah i just look at them as just like this conglomeration of all the um the british isles including ireland not as not as part of the united kingdom but the british <laughs> isles it is <laughs> um yeah. and they i think uh Berga, i think is how you say it they signed in january i'm pretty sure and he's like the only um non-british isle based player in the the starting side there so mm-hmm. yeah interesting, there, but... there's definitely some players to look at i think um jack o'connell is probably the key defensive asset for them um he 
he was missed at the restart. I think that probably was part of the contributing factors to, to them dropping a little bit in form uh, since the restart, mm. but he's sort of a rock at the back for them. Uh, really good in like aerials and clearances. Um, and they picked up quite a few clean sheets last year too. Um, so he, he looked pretty natural last year, despite like a sort of a lack of experience. Um, but he should, he should be going mid round. I think uh, if you have a scoring that sort of maybe like ninth or 10th round, um, if your scoring is sort of set up to uh, to accommodate what he does, um, but probably like yeah. the key the key defender um, on the team. Although Basham also does really well, um, and Stevens too in terms of point production. Yeah, I think all of their uh, sort of starting five ish defenders say they do like three or five in the back. It's kind of like um, yeah, with the wing people backs. People are talking about like yeah, they were talking about like overlapping center backs is like their thing. So um, <laughs> that's like a defensive way to say a wing back, right? Yeah. Um, so I I I definitely want to get one of those players, um, whichever one's available when it comes to that in the draft. Um, I I think that again, unless Ramsdale is just a huge downgrade from uh from henderson there that they should pick up where they left off in terms of like going for clean sheets and and being a team that that focuses on not conceding yeah it's sort of concerning like i would be a little concerned picking some of the like the the true center backs in that five man back back line um just because i don't know like if they do have a drop in form it's likely to really hurt those players a lot um yeah that that's true but i'm still definitely gonna look at like the wing backs like stevens um baldock and then o'connell like is probably still gonna be the top um center back choice uh but but stevens is definitely probably the the first the first defender to go there although they're all kind of similar yep and then that's why i think anything could happen any week i'm just happy to get one of them so yeah, if you pick up one, then you're probably good, and and just in order of how they did last year, but um, it'll definitely change as the season goes on. And, and, yeah. and if they, if they have a drop in form, it's like I said, I, I feel like that's going to be the first position to go because mm-hmm. they're probably going to be most dominant when they're like really possessing the ball and like playing good football. And if they're not doing that, they're getting beat. They're conceding goals. Like the defenders are probably not going to be great choices. Yeah, and I guess we should talk about their other. Uh, like spots too because uh some of their other players actually were not too bad in our scoring um so players like flecker norwood i think are top choices for their midfield um again for fan track scoring um lundstrom had a really good start last season but ended up sort of um getting pushed out of the side later on uh so yeah i think i think fleck and norwood are are decent i'd I'd probably pick fleck over norwood um Mm -hmm. just because he gets forward a bit more i think um, but yeah, they, they seem solid. And again, not, nothing I'm picking, nothing I'm prioritizing getting in, especially because, you know, odds are they're gonna, they're gonna regress based on how well they did last season. And, um, I could see them not, um, achieving as much defensively, especially maybe as teams have learned how to play against them a bit more after last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe just get one of those midfielders late and, and have some solid points just tick away over the whole season. Yeah, picking up Norwood is probably a good move. Um, and then whoever else you like sort of towards the end. 
because uh, if they do continue their, their form, then those midfielders will probably turn out to be good players. And then in terms of forwards, I think McGoldrick had like a bit of a disappointing season, like fantasy-wise production. Um, mm-hmm. McBurney wasn't too much better last year, but he's probably my look I this year. Hate, I fucking hate McBurney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like... Not necessarily as a pick, but just he fucking... Oh, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not like if you're picking him then you you just don't care. Like you just want he, one, his potential. He looks like he he runs like a hipster brewery in <laughs> Portland, Maine or something. Yeah. Just, so. He does. Yeah, so he was a summer arrival last year. Um took him a little while to adjust, but he was definitely a great producer in the second half. Although his points per game like don't really reflect that, but you know, he's brought down by the first half of his year. Um, but he definitely won a lot of aerials. Um, he can score. He's probably like the striker to look at for them. Yeah, that's what McGoldrick was actually really kind of exciting at the beginning of the year and um, getting chances and stuff. Um, but he just couldn't like finish anything. So um, I, I'm probably staying away from him. Muse too, I think. I think he, he either got injured at some point or just lost his spot to McBurney, but he definitely had a few periods in the season where he uh, sort of was pretty hot. He he had six goals and four assists, which is, you know, the best combined uh, return there of the forwards, which, again, is not saying much for a team that scored so few goals. I think they scored, like, the, the fourth or fifth least goals. Mm-hmm. Um in the league despite finishing in the top half um so yeah i mean any any forward i kind of pick from here is probably a desperation last forward slot type of pick that i just want someone who starts yeah for a team for for this team to finish ninth last year like i would have loved to see them make a a a striker signing in in the window um because they're definitely in need of it i think like midfielder wise like you could probably go anyway um, after Norwood, like Sander Burge, I don't think we mentioned him, um, but he might be a decent a decent look uh, towards the end of the draft. Maybe like your, you know, one of your worst but yeah. worst players in that position, but um, should be I mean, his points consistent. are so low because I think he joined in January, but um, right. and it looks like he's flagged with a a potential injury, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's looked good. I just don't know if what he's doing is translating too well into um, even our scoring system, but. For me, he's he's a wait and see, or or yeah, he he should start assuming he's not injured. So, in that sense, at at the end of the draft, you could pick him up. Right. Yeah. It could be. He could be a last ditch thing, um, or someone to keep an eye on if they if they turn out well. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it for Sheffield. Pick up some defenders, um, Norwood or any of the the midfielders, sort of as a shout late. Um, and then McBurney's probably the only the only forward I'm gonna even think about. Hmm. All right, so moving on, next up we've got Southampton. Uh, they finished 11th last year, um, which is sort of run-of-the-mill for Southampton, I think, these days. Um, but since the restart, they actually finished third in the Premier League with putting up 18 points. Um, so definitely a great form yeah, coming man. in. And uh, I, I got to take a deep breath because I feel like I have a lot I could say about Southampton. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to be interesting. So I guess just to get the transfers out of the way, um, Hoiberg made his way to Spurs, which I'm excited about. Um, and Cedric Suarez went over to Arsenal, which I'm not excited about. Um, yeah, well, we had him on loan all last season, but it's just like the yeah, official just, 
the official. I mean, any anytime I see Arsenal on the transfer list, I, I think it's probably <laughs> not good. But um, on their way in are Kyle Walker-Peters from Spurs uh, and Mohamed Salisu from Real Valladolid. Dolid. Yeah. 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 I do speak Spanish, but that's a tough one. <laughs> it's been a few years. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, all my excitement around them is uh, is all from their form that you mentioned later in the season. Um, Ings was super close to uh, to getting the golden boot. I think that he has the quality to potentially have a similar year. Um, back when Burnley came up, I think, who knows, like five ish years ago or something like that. Um, he scored something like 20 goals for them too, and that's what led to him getting bought by, I believe, Liverpool bottom um, next there. And yeah, he just um, had a lot of injury trouble. So um, with him, that's really the the caveat, I guess, is can he stay fit? Um, and this season he stayed fit enough to, to bag 22 goals. So um, again, assuming he doesn't get injured, and um, I really think uh, Hassan is a good manager, and and they have some uh, good ways to to get him scoring. Um, I think that they are a team that could do even better this year. Yeah, I think they have sort of like they have I, they definitely have some players who are gonna be really like sought after in terms of a twelve person league. But then they also have players who are like probably good to avoid. So it's definitely a team mm-hmm. where you want to like keep your eye out. Um, but last yeah, year, I mean, put it. they had some they had some really good producers last year. So you you can't ignore them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, part of their sort of resurgence there at the end um, is Che Adams, who they had bought uh, before the season started, but never really made an impact or, or got many minutes. Um, and he started finding the net and and had some good stats coming in that period. So um, I, I expect those two to start up top together, um, Ings and Adams. Uh, and, and I think they're both good. The one thing that I'm concerned of is you would expect Ings to, if you say that's like his best season, you might expect him to maybe drop off slightly. Um, and since that is probably the way he's trending, I expect that uh, someone will maybe draft him earlier than he should be drafted for how he, sh- he probably will perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, not not getting him early means I'd probably miss out on being able to draft him is just what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, I feel the but, same way. Yeah, if I have like one top forward and I can get Ings for my second one, I, I probably would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If he's there, if he's available at the right time, definitely jump on him. Um, but I think Ward Prowse is still the way to go in terms of my first pick uh, on Southampton. He should, you know, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't continue to perform similarly. Um, and then Ings and, and Redmond is a player I love watching um, and he should continue to perform well. Uh, and they sort of have like a pretty steady drop off in terms of point production. Um, Ward Prowse, Ings, Redmond, um, Bednarek uh, at defense. And then, you know, I think in terms of center backs, uh, Vestergaard and Salisu will probably provide a little bit of competition for Stevens and Bednarek. Um, yeah, I think today, though, it's possible that Bednarek might be... I don't know if he was alone, but he might not actually even be there next season. Uh, um, so that's making me a bit nervous. But um, <laughs> bef- 
but yeah, I I don't know if I necessarily picked their defense. Um, but before going there, looking at the midfield, I think the only thing that could hurt Ward Prowse, because um, he's he's not great in like say the main fantasy game um, where he's not really scoring or assisting much, but he he does really sort of run the game for for Southampton and is important that way. Um, the only thing I could see hurting him is now he's going to be partnered with uh, Romeo for sure, which is, um, he's a good defensive player, but in terms of all round, he's a step down from Oyberg for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that could hurt him there. Um, I think Redman would do well for our game. He He's another player who doesn't score or assist as much as he probably should, but he's important for the, the team's creativity, so... Um, I see him again continuing being a decent pick there. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely like he racks up key passes and dribbles and things like that. So it, it's a fun player to have to watch because the goals won't always come for all your players on your team, but you can always have Nathan Redmond sort of dribbling around people to make you feel better about your loss if you're losing. But um, yeah, yeah, he he's sort of always going to be pretty pretty consistent. Hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. And the other player I like too is um, Stuart Armstrong. Um, He's sort of like increasing his minutes and should be starting on the right side um, with yeah. Redmond on the left. He found some form uh, in the second half last year and was definitely definitely quality. Yeah, so he's he's definitely a player I would I would probably feel comfortable picking up, uh, you know, later on. Yeah, I could even see him going like pretty high, like m- maybe seventh round. Like certainly by eighth round, I'm definitely going to strongly consider him. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think Che Adams is probably going to be on the rise this year. Like, if I was going to be a little bit uh, hesitant about Ings, I'd be a little bit more excited about Adams. Um, so, you know, he sort of yeah, had a slow start last could, year. Yeah, he couldn't get much, much, too much worse. Maybe a little bit worse, but he not much. So he's probably likely to, to do a lot better, I think. Yeah, he played really well during the restart. So he's definitely probably on people's lists. Um, but if the, mm-hmm. But if he isn't, then it might be a good shout. Uh, a little bit later on yeah it'd be a good show for uh i mean it it separates it sort of divides the the draft period for the league where it's like he's not going to show up high on the list because he didn't get too many points in comparison to other forwards but like if people don't know him or know the story there they'll miss him probably Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it'll just be you and me battling out to get him at the right time, yeah, but not dude, too early. I don't know how many people in our league <laughs> listen to this, but <laughs> I know a couple, but definitely not everyone. Yeah, it's all about those people who like don't really know what they're doing, like whether or not they listen, which I don't think they do. So we're, we're probably good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So and then the only other player I want to mention is Gineppo. Um, they play. He played at the start of the season before he had like pretty much i think like a season ending injury um yeah his last game was march 7th which was uh, obviously before the shutdown he played 28 minutes um and yeah. before that is yeah i think so dude i didn't um, even know who you were talking about because i've never heard that name like said oh, i've only right. seen it so i like see the d and i don't think of the j and i was just like what was he talking about <laughs> geppetto yeah like, well, <laughs> geppetto, <laughs> geppetto all right okay i finally heard that word out loud um yeah well they signed him from oh this is testing me a belgian team i want to say club bruges i'm pretty sure but maybe not Mm -hmm. um but 
uh he yeah he had the big injury stuff but when he was on he was pretty good and i think he scored uh at least one like worldly type of goal so he's just kind of exciting um don't maybe see him starting the season i know he is a left winger um pretty sure but he did play i remember and one of the, i think it was the game he scored the world he, he was actually playing left wing back with a back three so and he was like it was like three four three or something he's left wing back or something like that yeah maybe three five two um but he's one that could go under the radar maybe want to pick up on waivers um if he starts getting consistent minutes mm-hmm. dude what happened for, to what happened to Buffal? He just like Dude, he hasn't been playing, but like, what's his yeah, story? Yeah, well, he he he's been loaned out the last couple of seasons, I think. Um, it's funny. Another podcast I listened to mentioned him um, today <laughs> <laughs> or yesterday, and they're like, "Oh man, is he back?" Um, I don't really know though, and they they didn't really know either. Um, but. I don't know. I, th- I think he probably starts. He enters as like a bench option. I think, right? Yeah, if he stays, he's always been like the really like flare dribbler guy, really good at dribbling. Um, and then his decision making or final pass or whatever is bad, so <laughs> nothing comes of it. But all right, uh, so... I don't know. I mean, maybe he starts really. Maybe he's one stays. Two starts really impressing in training, and three starts taking minutes from Armstrong. Um, but that's a lot of ifs before I'd I'd consider him. Yeah, I mean, I was just wondering, like, like what his what his story is, like where that dude is in his life. Yeah, I think I don't remember where he loaned to. I want to say a team in the Spanish league, maybe was his most recent one, but I don't remember. Yeah, I remember he always like got got a decent number of points per minute, but never that many minutes mm-hmm. back in the day. All right, well, I think that probably does it for Southampton. Unless you have anything to add, we can move on to uh, the great Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, before we do that, I mean, well, yeah, I just want to mention the defense um, of Southampton. I'm not sure. I, I think Ryan Bertrand's like possibly the only like Premier League ready left back in the club right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah i mean he might be okay for that i don't know i don't know if they're the most remarkable team defensively um i'm not sure who starts with steven i I think jack stevens definitely starts um i don't know who starts with him do we determine Uh, if if bednarek is gone or not no i i didn't check although i don't know if yeah if he's there i think he starts continues to start and he was a good producer i think he was their best defender in terms of points last year so yeah Um, maybe would have to check on that i i think he's probably starting with stevens if he doesn't i think salisu i heard is like he's like 18 um and is gonna compete with someone like bednarek for minutes but yeah a player um, like that on a team like this i'd only pick up if it was like a forward but yeah and i i'd probably pick up uh walker peters too if like yeah like when he played last year he definitely had potential um Mm -hmm. and he i think he should win that spot so uh, yeah, yeah, he's a player I'd pick up. Yan Valerie was was there, and then Walker Peters kind of took the spot. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Valerie is still pretty young too. They're, I mean, they're both pretty young, but um, I I think Walker Peters gets forward a decent amount too. So, 
um, he's pretty good. And, and even McCarthy, you know, we are talking about last time how if you get a keeper who just gets enough shots and saves at him, um, I, I think he's just, like, you know, fine like any of those other keepers around that, that area or those teams, <clears throat> mid-table sort of. Yeah, yeah, I think for me it's probably Walker Peters and Bertrand are the two defensive options I'm looking at. Um, mm-hmm. Unless Bednarik sticks around. Um, and I guess Stevens, like, nah, never mind. Not Stevens. Champions League winner, Ryan Bertrand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. I, I think I've had him quite a bit, quite quite frequently in, in Premier League. Yeah, he is one that I always, I mean, he definitely has some seasons where he's really good, but not for a good few years now. Um, but yeah, I used to always want him for his attacking stuff and... Yeah, he just seems to have dropped off a bit. But if he's starting there and the team plays how they were um, after the restart, then um, I don't see how he could be a bad pick. Yeah, yeah, especially late. I think last year he put up, it looks like he put up 317 points in our scoring system and around 10 per game. Um, so that's pretty decent, especially if you picked him up late. Mm-hmm. All right, can we talk about Spurs now? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So they finished sixth last year, um, fourth since the restart, uh, putting up 18 points. So pretty happy with that, um, you know, sort of trending up. Uh, in terms of transfers out, it was Kyle Walker-Peters to Southampton, who we just talked about, uh, and then swapping out for Hoiberg coming in from Southampton, uh, along with Joe Hart. It wasn't a swap. They were two separate deals. Oh, Maybe it was a was swap. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he said, <laughs> I didn't swap. That's what he said, I think, or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Hoiberg shouldn't feel like that because he's a lot better. But um, Joe Hart will come in and be the backup keeper uh, from Burnley. Oh, true. And um, Doherty from Wolves is is obviously the most... Uh, maybe not obviously, but I'm definitely really excited about Doherty uh, along with Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Hoiberg's a good, tidy player. He actually... Um, he used to play for Bayern, Um and I remember when he was like he was getting starts there for a little bit when he was like really young. He's still pretty young. He's only like uh, maybe like twenty four or something. Um, but I think he was an important part of uh, Southampton's midfield, so he should be a better option than Harry Winks uh, at Spurs. <laughs> I mean, Harry Winks is a, he's a treasure, but <laughs> you know I do think he he is limiting sort of in the, in the midfield, but. Um... Hoiberg will definitely be. I'm really excited for him, especially with our scoring system. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I pegged them to sort of maybe transfer to like a four-one-four-one of sorts. I think like personally, they should be trying to squeeze a certain type of like a certain few players in uh, in favor of others. But it's to be determined what Mourinho will do. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm definitely excited about Darty at, at, at fullback at right back. Um, I see Sanchez and Alderweireld. Uh, as the center back pairing with Davies on the left, um, even with Dyer, I've been hearing everywhere that Mourinho just fucking loves Dyer. And I, th- I think he does. Up. I mean, I, I would personally prefer Sanchez back there, but I could see Dyer. Um, I just, I think Dyer's like let us down too many times, and you gotta watch All or Nothing, man. He, um, <laughs> he just like he's like grooming Dyer, just like I don't want to hear. Like, I don't think I've ever heard Dyer speak really. But like I definitely picture he, well, him speaking like a like a troll. He used to <laughs> he used to live in Portugal. He played for uh Sporting, I think. Uh yeah, Sporting Lisbon or whatever. Um 
I'm pretty sure that's the club, but yeah, he speaks like Portuguese, so really? there's a couple of scenes where where yeah, Mourinho just like brings him into his office and like grooms him and um <laughs> Yeah, Dude, I mean, there's some method to the madness, whatever. And... I don't know. I always thought Dyer was just a piece of white bread, but I guess he's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he sucks, but Mourinho, he's kind of just like a shithouse, and Mourinho likes that kind of player, too. I mean, I think um, Mourinho, he, he definitely would fit in Mourinho's style, but, like, he, he could, I don't know. He just has to, like, clean up a few mistakes, but, like, he definitely has potential. I just like Sanchez, yeah. too, but... I, I like Sanchez as a player, but I think he was also a bit mistake prone as well so yeah um we'll have to see but i mean either way dyer's just a player that dyer's just a player who looks like a fucking idiot when he makes mistakes like it's just a good thing like some people (laughs) look good making mistakes and some people don't (laughs) he's so easy to hate (laughs) uh, i mean i don't hate him by any stretch like he's a spurs player but yeah i I mean if i were you if if i were a spurs fan i would be like yeah, I'd prefer Sanchez and be pretty bummed that Mourinho just like stroke and Dyer a bunch, but um, yeah. But at the same time, like if he, he can stroke Dyer all he wants, as long as we get to stroke a trophy, you know, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, he's done but, it many times, so yeah. Either, either way, I think Alterweireld definitely starts as one of the center backs. Or was that probably accurate? Yeah, I mean, f- farewell to Vertonghen, my sweet prince, but yeah. Also in Portugal mentioned. now, Benfica, I think. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, and then Doherty is like just you know I, I'm rock hard for Doherty, so I don't. Yeah. So my, I think Doherty is great, but I just because I, I think he won't get forwarded. Well, Marino likes to play with a defensive fullback and an attacking fullback, and I think that it's. I think he picks the right side to do that to attack, and and Davis will be uh, asked to stay back more. Um, but I I also just wonder, like the the Wolf system was very much set up for um, for Doherty to do that, and I just I wonder if some of his attacking threat will will decline just a little bit just because of the system and the team and they have other capable players up there who might take some of that from him mm-hmm. um but i i still think it'd be a great pick um and i i trust Mourinho as sort of um you know everyone makes fun of how he plays and like parking the bus and all that so i think at the least he'll get great uh defensive returns and and stats too so um in, in that sense I, I i would definitely be looking to pick him up for sure yeah, I mean, I think I'm excited about him for fantasy, but like, I'm more excited about him as a Spurs fan. Um, mm-hmm. I like, I really liked watching him at Wolves, so it'll definitely be fun. And Aurier like was a great fantasy player and like a great Spurs player too. Um, and I say was because like he, he's probably on his way out, like going somewhere. Um, yeah, that's the other thing that's kind of crazy to me. It's like I I don't think there's really a, a backup there, and and I I have heard the same that Aurier is probably leaving. Um, but I guess like Tanganga can be a backup at right back, maybe. But yeah, maybe. The last couple of years, I feel like the Spurs, uh, Spurs have been playing like with super thin rotation there. Yeah, I mean it's not really like Spurs to have a backup plan, so or like a backup for any position. So <laughs> whatever, like we'll just roll with it. Yeah, they already only had Aurier, and then they like loaned out Walker Peters. I was like, what? How do they? They just have no other player that can play there. 
And then uh, the left side, the same thing. I think Davis was injured or something like that. And then, like, Rose got loaned out, and it's like, what? <laughs> why? Why would Levy agree to loan Rose out when they have, like, no cover? I don't know. And I, I think Vertonghen even played at left back some last season, so... Yeah, it's like when you're playing a video game and you want to like just sell everyone but the starting eleven so you can get like room for wages and stuff, and it's yeah. just like whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, injuries tend to hurt us, but and and just like the the wear and tear of a season. But um, I don't know. Like I'm really excited about the starting eleven. So I mean, in front of the front, the back four, um, I see like Koyberg maybe as like a lone CDM. Um, I sort of would like to see them try that with Los Celso. Um. And maybe like Lucas Mora in front of them in the midfield or Bergwijn um, and Mora just like on the right somewhere um, to get both of them in the lineup and then maybe Sun on the left and Kane up top. Um, so you mean like Bergwijn through the middle or something? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them get Bergwijn and Mora on the field at the same time. I don't think they will, um, but I think they'll probably drop Sissoko back um, and just play Bergwijn and maybe transition with Mora. But I think Bergwijn wins the spot over Mora on the right side. Uh, in terms of the right the right wing. I think he should, but yeah, who knows if he will. I don't know. Because, um, yeah, then there's also Los Celso and Deli, too. You can't really drop Sun, because I think he's, like, the best player on the team. Yeah, um, Sun will stay. But I, I think Deli Ali should probably start off, off the bench. I, I know Mourinho likes him, but, um, you know, I, I think he definitely is at, at risk of sitting. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But in terms and of fantasy, the, yeah. What? Well, what's the story with Ndombele? That's what my big question is. Because I think he's is he Spurs record signing. I know he has like sixty million, so yeah, it yeah. makes me imagine that he definitely is. Yeah, um, I, I, and, as far as I know, he's not like really in the conversation in terms of like starting. Um, and I don't really crazy yeah to me. I don't know because he. he he had such high praise coming out of uh, Lyon and, and France um, and just seems like he, I mean he scored against uh, in the North London Derby scored against us he smashed like a banger from outside the box or something and uh, he's just supposed to be like a great dynamic box to box like overall dominating and skillful player that I don't know he, he would be the he would be the player I'd be most excited about if I was a Spurs fan. Um, and, and I think he definitely was for a lot of fans last season. So it's just weird that he's not. Yeah, it's interesting like actually I, that you – yeah, because I, I don't like think of him immediately but just because I've seen like a lot of news about him that is not favorable like in terms of like potential moves and like all this crap. So like I don't really – I mean I was just getting sort of hyped about like the starting lineup that I was seeing like people talking yeah. about like in our first game. And he's not there, well, and I'm just like excited enough about everyone else to forget about him. Yeah. But like, it's true that like if he was in this lineup, um, he would definitely be like one of the top players I'd be looking at. It, is he linked with any like moves away? Yeah, Do I've seen know? a few. I forget which teams. Um, hmm. But like, I mean, linked is, we'll is take a him generous term we considering need, what's out there. Like, I don't know, <laughs> some bum wrote something I've seen, but yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it probably hurts his fantasy potential, like because maybe just... I just haven't watched enough All or Nothing. Maybe they get to that. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen any of it yet, so I'll probably binge it soon. Um, but that uh, you know, I think so. Sun is obviously like still top of the list. Um, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same. And then 
players that I think will probably have a really good. I, I know like Mourinho definitely likes Lucelso, and I think he's going to pop off this year. Um, yeah, I wasn't uh, seeing the... it like at the beginning last year when he started, but like now I sort of see like where he fits in, like how he plays. Uh, he's like settled in a lot more, and I think he could easily pop off this year like really well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think him and Son are probably top, and then Kane is like just in our scoring system. It always seems like Kane could drop off a little bit. Um, and there's like injury risk and all that stuff, but he still like just continues to produce every year. He was second last year in Spurs, um, in total points. So like as a striker option, like he's still going to go early, uh, and deservedly so. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he summed it up pretty similar to how I'd be looking at them. It's sun first, no matter what. Um, I don't trust Kane to not be injured for a period of the season, but Usually when he is playing, he is good. I guess when he first came back in the winter, though, you could tell he was shit from his, like, injury, and he, like, couldn't move at all (laughs) on the field. Um, Yeah, but but the thing thing I like about Kane is, like, he's never shit, and he doesn't really need to move always. Like, he can easily just receive the ball and turn and bang it in. Um, Yeah, well, he was definitely, like, really good after the restart, too, so. Yeah, and and he's just, like gonna score world he's really fun to watch i usually don't pick him in fantasy because it's just like would be double depressing if he got injured like and actually in fact like unless a spurs player falls to a position i really like i tend to actually not pick them because like i want to just enjoy watching them and not really worry about fantasy like not care if one player i got is like making touches or whatever um mm-hmm. but so, but if they drop to a position where i have to take them i obviously am excited to take them um, yeah, I think Los also because Erickson did he, he left this winter, right? Sorry, so Erickson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the winter, so that makes sense because Los also I think because um, Marino is playing Erickson some somewhat like a bit further back than usual in like the center mid role for a bit, mm-hmm. um, which is also sort of Los Elso's spot too. So I think that that's helped him by by Erickson's uh, departure. Yeah, I could see them. Um, that that's sort of the reason that I could see them playing like a a solitary CDM in Hoiberg is that Los Celso can just like play on top of that and not be too far forward um, alongside like Sissoko or Ali, and those yeah, two I could just, just like just like sort of be like a compact three in like the center of the field with Sun and like Bergwijn or Mora on the right, like pushing up and, and servicing Kane. I'm trying to look at like. Uh like defensive stats for Hoiberg cuz I I'd be worried about him by himself maybe but like I don't know like a player like Sissoko I look at as like a good all-rounder that would be good to partner with him there um yeah and they the the way I set up we have like a a sheet with a bunch of lineups that I made that's basically on their last few lineups of the season um and they he was playing Sissoko and Winks uh in like a, a two-man pivot there so uh but i mean who knows you know I, I haven't i haven't found any any formations i should say there's obviously lineups but no formations that i saw for their uh friendlies so who knows and who knows how reliable that those formations are too for the year so mm-hmm. yeah and then i guess one player that i struggle with like is bergwine because like i love him and he's sick and but he just mm. like, doesn't get quite as much time or hasn't been getting quite as much time as I think he deserves. Um, like if he starts, like I would be really excited about picking him. 
Um, yeah. And I'm probably excited about picking him anyway because I think he I think he should win that role and will win that role. Um, but I think re- since the restart, it's been I'm not sure, but I don't think he started in the final four yeah, matches I think of the season. I don't think he started. The the lineup I have, I think, is sort of the at least the attacking. St- oh, it's it's pretty close, I think, to how they lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah, and I guess I should mention because people can't see our sheet, but it's Son on the left, uh, Los Elso in like a cam roll, Lucas on the right, Kane up top, obviously. And like I said, it was Sissoko and Winks in the pivot, mm-hmm. um, which Hoiberg you'd expect to start over Winks. Yeah, so if I can get Bergwine like late like if people think Mora's gonna start and I can get Bergwine late and stick him in like a backup role even if he doesn't start like I'm absolutely gonna do that and I think people should look to do that um yeah I would do that as well um my concern would be that someone would in that instance pick him up earlier than um than would allow me to I guess his average draft position is like 99th which is quite early um Mm -hmm from from where i would probably pick him because you figure that's uh what like in a 12-man league that's uh i can't do math like eighth, like round. eighth round. round yeah eighth round or something um which means he'd have to be my eighth overall pick for someone that doesn't start and i have to start 11 players every week i i probably wouldn't get him that early yeah i probably actually would just because i think like if you want to be bold then i'd probably go for it because like if he starts it's just like a golden pick at that at that round um yeah that's true but like if you're if you're looking to be a little more conservative maybe not but i think it also probably puts a little doubt into picking up lucas mora um but like of course i could be wrong he could just mora could just start the whole season and boss it and do really well um like i hate that little fascist (laughs) dude i love watching him he's he's great he's publicly supported uh I I'll say it's not the podcast for it, but he's publicly supported like Bolsonaro in Brazil. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I, like I don't want to say that he could do anything, and I'd still love him. But after like the Champions League against <laughs> Ajax, like he could probably tell me to jump off a bridge, and I do it. I mean, he is just like mm. memories that'll last a lifetime, and and he's yeah. he's just like a shifty little <laughs> player. I love watching him. Memories that'll last a lifetime. The year we almost won a trophy <laughs> dude i don't care like it you think about it like if it's just uh, it was just an amazing moment i remember like i'll always remember where i was when i saw that and uh yeah it was pretty insane it's better to and hope then he wasn't even like starting hope. regularly for the rest of that or the beginning of the next season or something like that yeah it's, it, or was it in the league or something i don't remember yeah it got a little bit odd with him um in terms of consistent starts so it hurt like it hurts my fantasy potential because i certainly don't want to be just like pissed off that they didn't start him if i have him so for me like i I probably wouldn't pick him but unless it was at the right round yeah looking at it his spot looks like the most at risk in my opinion um in terms of like rotation or another player starting yeah Um, do you think bergwine would ever start on the right or is he predominantly left because i think no one takes on from the left side. Yeah, I think Bergwijn. I guess Son could right. play. Son could play like Cam too, though, or like even like a second striker or something too. But yeah, I think Los Celso and Son are pretty much cemented in there, and that Bergwijn could play on the right. Um, 
And I was actually looking. Lucas Moore was actually fifth overall in Spurs in points last year with 404. So in our in our scoring, mm-hmm. so definitely like should be drafted. Like and, and yeah, should be drafted, should be drafted. Like, pretty high. Um, just because like he's got potential to start and and boss it. Yeah. Um, but definitely excited about Darty too. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's got the potential to be like a great season for Spurs. Um, but. I don't have my, you know, I don't have my hopes set on anything too great, but I'd love to see him back in the Champions League at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, I want to say I think they'd have a shot, just like I want to say I think Arsenal has a shot. But then I think about the teams that will probably end up in the top four. <laughs> you know, I think Spurs or Arsenal could pip out United potentially. Yeah, um, that's the team I see popping out too. But I don't think it's, you know, it, it, anything could happen there. But I think that United would definitely be the favorite for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But but I think that, like, there could be penetration from non-traditional top six teams there, too. So it'll be a battle mm-hmm. for, like, Spurs, Ars- Spurs and Arsenal to to keep it up. But, like, I think yeah. they, they both have the roster to do it. And, um I just, I mean, I can't wait for the North London Derby. It's just the best day of the year. Usually. (laughs) (laughs) The best time we won like 4-1 and like the last goal was the Torreira. Did he bike it in that one? I don't remember. But then he just (laughs) ripped his shirt off and ran. Like It was like 4-1. Yeah, I probably probably, probably just like blacked (laughs) out and didn't watch that. that (laughs) Yeah. It was so funny. It's just a great. I just love that the the I can literally wake up on that day and just smell it. I don't even know how far I am from the from London, but I can just smell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's primal. I love it. Um, and I hope there can be fans for that because that that would be great. But yeah, I forget how soon it is in the in the fixtures. But my first thought is November, but I can't remember. Um. But yeah, I think that probably does it for Spurs. We can move on to uh, West Brom and up yeah, and comer. To, yeah. To sum up, Spurs basically just like get any starting player, um, but not too early is like I think a good way to summarize. Yeah, although I think Sun probably goes into the first round. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I just meant not too early. Like then they should like All right, yeah. on a player player by player basis. But yeah, Sun. Um, pr- Probably a first round pick, I would say, maybe, or yeah, I, th- I think especially in our league, he's gonna go. I, there's a lot of people that love him, like me and my brother Chris, who we'll have on the podcast. Yeah, eventually. there's a good few Spurs fan. I think Nick is like a closet Spurs fan. I no, I, I don't think so. I think he's a closet Sun fan. Um, actually, he yeah, might be. I out mean, of the closet on that. He, if he I had to pick, <laughs> if I had to pick a player I like on Spurs, it's kind of hard to dislike Sun. Dude, like so. if you don't like Sun, you're probably not human. Yeah. He's just so fun to watch. Except he broke Andre Gomez's leg. Fucking asshole. Dude, I don't Gomez. even know what you're talking about. Fuck that. <laughs> Andre Gomez on uh, Everton. I know, yeah, but who cares? Who the fuck cares about Andre Gomez? <laughs> Andre Gomez cares. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Andre Gomez isn't son, all right? Ugh. Um, I'm looking. I'm just out of curiosity looking. I, this might be worth talking about because we haven't really talked about like meta like drafting strategies too much. Um, we've mentioned where some players maybe should go, but if I'm filtered on just forwards, um, Sun is like about tenth. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's exactly 10th. So um, very similar points to uh, the player above him, which is Vardy as well as Rashford below him, and even uh, someone like Aubameyang or Ings. Um, I could see that being in the mix. I expect Adama Traore, who's like, what's that, 7th or something? Um, I definitely do not expect him to get up there, and we'll talk about Wolves uh, soon, but um, I could see Adama definitely not being as far forward this season, depending on their signings. All right, interesting, yeah. I think Sun's Sun's above him, maybe. Um, Jimenez uh, is also above him. I could see him dropping off a little bit. Um, Willian as well, just because a lot of his points and chances created are going to be from that super attacking Chelsea side, even with the the young kids they had last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Arsenal have really shifted under Arteta to play more of a system that's more of a full team um, and and just generally less attacking. So I I could see his numbers dropping for that reason. So I think Sun could easily finish in like top five for forwards based on how they are here. Um, so like the players above him being someone like uh, Mane and Salah obviously Mares, Sterling uh, maybe Vardy maybe Richarlison right uh, but I, yeah I could see him there mm-hmm. alright well I think we can hop on to uh, West Brom now the newly promoted West Brom uh, they finished second yeah, in the championship are. last year um, and uh, were promoted deservedly just above um, Brentford and Fulham, who played in the in the playoff in points, but uh, but earned their spot into the Premier League. Um, I guess in terms of key transfers, um, they made Pereira permanent, which is probably the biggest one uh, in terms mm-hmm. of importance, because um, he's going to be probably a really exciting player, uh, continuing uh, in the Premier League. And then Dean Ghana from West Ham is the other the other transfer in. Um, and you know, I think it's probably time for them to to stay up. Um, but we'll see. I mean, their their play, as far as I've heard, uh, has changed a lot since the last time they were in the Premier League. Yeah, I fucking hate West Brom. Um, yeah, I <laughs> guess what I'm getting cause... at is that maybe, maybe they've changed. You know, <laughs> Give them a chance. Give them a chance. Yeah, I will. But, yeah, so I think what you mean is, like, they used to be under Pulis, who just, like, crammed the field <laughs> with just a bunch of fucking old oafs who just <laughs> oafed around and fucking... <laughs> Uh, Stood in the 18-yard box. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they still do have um, some of those players or like a core of that style of player. I look at like uh, Hagazi was sort of one of the last signings I think Pulis made probably. Um, but I don't know. I, they have uh, Slavin Bilic now who... Um, he was at West Ham and is more of an attacking manager, so maybe they're quite different. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a ton to talk about here. I'm not sure how successful they'll be defensively, which steers me away from them. Other than maybe like the keeper, um, and then obviously I'm interested in Pereira, who had like what was it, 20 assists or something in the championship. Yeah, people are stoked um, for him, I think. Yeah, people are saying like he's the new Buendia from from Norwich last year, but or, or like the next hidden gem in in that way. Um, How did Buendia do in in fan tracks? He did well. I think I can't remember who had him, but he definitely did well. I mean, especially in the beginning, um, when when they were scoring a lot. But I mean, obviously they fell off a cliff, kind of. So 
Yeah, a lot of people throughout the whole season were like, yeah, he's the best player and a club's going to pick him up now that they're relegated, but it hasn't happened yet. But Right. Yeah, but I think Pereira is genuinely like a player who could perform well in fan tracks. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it's just like a... It'll be interesting. Like he's he's definitely like getting a lot of hype, so people might take him a little early. Um, but he's also like a type of player with a high ceiling, so I sort of gravitate towards that. Because um, like if West Brom have a good start to the season or even like a good season overall, he's probably going to be the reason why. So yeah, I just worry with them um, or with Pereira rather, uh, who is scoring the goals for him. Um, yeah. I have a. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Charlie Austin. Um, <laughs> I fuck, I sad. fucking love him. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, fucking, he's funny and exciting. Um, yeah. When he came up with QPR, he scored like 20 goals, and he was like, he was insane. He he would score like I remember he played our they played Arsenal one game, and he I think we either lost to them or like drew them two two or something. Um, and he was like, he took a, a direct free kick and scored in that game, and he was just like a scoring machine that season. Um, hasn't really been good since, but uh, I think he has some injury issues, not as bad as like Ings, but um, yeah, yeah I, I, think... I don't think he's at that point anymore where uh, he, he had 10 goals in the championship, which is not going to really translate well if uh, he doesn't find that prior form from like five years ago um so i think Pereira will struggle um just in the sense that he's not going to get like many assists like he did last year yeah i think i think in terms of strikers like austin and robinson robson kanu will be getting a little bit of competition from zahore and edwards but those two players are not gonna like most likely break into it um but austin and robson kanu should be their go-to options, but I don't think they probably land on many people's fantasy plate. Um, you know, they could use a new striker, I guess is the way to sum it up. Um, yeah, I'm assuming they rotate pretty regularly too, which... Yeah, that sucks. I mean, doesn't even... Yeah, it's a fucking rotational be, striker from West Brom. I mean... I know. I would take one of them if they were, like, the guaranteed starter as, like, my last forward slot if I needed one, just because having someone who starts every week is gonna be pretty valuable in the long run mm-hmm. um with a guy like Pereira potentially feeding them but yeah it's I don't know I I would just hope that Pereira could keep creating the chances and sort of getting the points for that like chances created crosses uh key passes and that sort of thing because mm-hmm. <laughs> key passes I think the definition is like um it's basically a, a final ball that would like be an assist if the player hitting it had like scored and instead they just like blasted over or something well i think like the that, definition so. is just any pass that leads to a shot directly yeah leads to a shot yeah something like that yeah so yeah i mean it's just like basically players that are active but i think also in the midfield i'd give a shout to diangana who came back yep um yeah he was my other other shout there too yeah it's, i mean i think phillips matt phillips was also going to be a good option um but I think Diangana takes that spot back, and I don't know if they are able to fill Phillips in somewhere else. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. I'd seen Krovinovich is their is their, their choice in the, in the attacking midfield, but uh, Phillips was on the left. I mean, maybe they stick him in there, but 
Yeah, what I saw um, looking at some of their later games last season was Diangana on the left, Phillips on the right, um, with Pereira in the middle, and then the Krovinovich guy was like, um, he was only playing like center attacking mid as probably rotation, and I think Pereira can play on the right too um, mm-hmm. if Phillips gets dropped. So um, I'm not sure there. I think. In terms of minutes, the safest picks that are going to also have decent returns are going to be Pereira and, and Diangana. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Krovinovich is like a young player um, who like seems pretty talented. I haven't seen him play, but uh, I've seen some highlights. And, you know, he looks pretty decent, but I I was looking at like the statistics from last year, and he just didn't have a great fantasy-style season in terms of attacking returns. Um, so, you know it's probably not worth a punt, but uh, maybe he'll be fun to watch at least. Um, but a Pereira and uh, Diangana should be, should be the, the two main choices in the midfield. Um, I don't see like a player like Livermore being really worth drafting. Um, no, isn't he like 80 by now or something? I don't know. I'll have to look him up. Yeah. I, he's a, um, you know, if he can get a steady stream of, of you know, defensive 30. stats, then yeah, you just think that everyone's old. You're how old are you now? Twenty six. Not yet. Oh, close! Almost. It's close, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be dead soon. Um, <laughs> and then in terms of the defense, I think um, Semi Ajayi. I don't know how to say that, yep. but uh, he's probably my pick in the defense. Um, I think he used to be an Arsenal player. Maybe. Let me double check. Huh. But well, I'm, yeah, gl- I'm um, glad you found greener pastures glad you honed in on him <laughs> the greener pastures the fucking the hawthorns at west I think, brom I, I think it's probably nicer than than london i don't know who knows west brom sounds nice yeah. um well he is worth mentioning um i think in terms of like the defensive players on their team I'm, i'd be looking at him and uh john stone the the keeper Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, Jai scored uh, five goals last year, um, which I think is is pretty good pretty for good, a center yeah. back. He had um, quite a few headers too, um, so he's probably my punt defender at the end of the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have any exciting fullbacks, so. so yeah, I think the only concern would be other f- folks who, um, are remembering the old West Brom and Pulis Ball, where it's just parking the bus and deep banks and whatever yeah um, and then hucking it up to like jay rodriguez or whoever the fuck they had <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna be like that so but if you have folks who are remembering that west brom who was in the league not not they they've definitely been out for two years i think because they went down didn't get promoted and then maybe did mm-hmm. um yeah so we'll see actually they did sign i I forgot to mention just while we're on the on the subject that another center back from wigan uh kipre um he's fairly young i believe so i'm not sure how quickly he gets into the team um but he could take over i don't know hagazi if he's um a starter outright or if if they're gonna compete there or what so right and also Bartley, I think, played a lot of minutes for them in center back as well. So, yeah, yeah, and I think, um, 
yeah, they probably won't get as much of a chance this year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And Oche- I think O'Shea seems nailed on at right back, but I don't know how much they get forward. I just don't know the team well enough. Um, so I'm not sure. And then the left back situation is, is I think, pretty unclear to me as well because toward the end of the season, Gibbs wasn't getting a lot of minutes. Um, this guy Townsend was, but I don't know. I think he's kind of young, so. Yeah, it's, it's it's uncertain at back, so I'd probably stay away. But um, I, I think probably the takeaway for, for West Brom is to not get stuck into thinking that they're in the ways of the past and that um, Pereira and, you know, I think Charlie Austin probably gets consistent minutes uh, and Dian Ghana. So, like, Pereira and Dian Ghana are, are good good looks and Phillips if he gets time, uh, if they find a way to give him time. Like, these are all probably, you know, decent options for a team that's going to be probably coming out of the gate trying to prove that they belong. Um, yeah, Pereira's, um, he, the the thing is, since they weren't in the league last year, they all have zero points and everything. Um, so people in the draft could miss them if they don't know about them. Um, that said, Pereira is 100% drafted. Average draft spot is 61, so... Damn. Um, in terms of the general people playing the game, he's definitely on their radar in our league. I'm not sure. Um, Dean Ghana, though, only 36% drafted. Um, but where he is drafted, he's average 146, which is 12th round. So that's when you're on the bench. So I, I think that's about right for him, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, see, I could see people taking him maybe a little earlier if they think... Uh, actually, a little later. I mean, if they think that people won't realize he's there or, or what he what he might be worth but um yeah i think that all seems pretty much in line um i probably just stay away from charlie austin um and hopefully i eat my words and this guy that you like a lot uh, as well <laughs> well yeah he actually played less he's way more drafted than robson and kanu but yeah i think um, deservedly he he played yeah i think he's better for sure as a player but i think he actually played less minutes last season so uh maybe he had some injury issues i'm not sure yeah i think so all right well we can hop on to the other west uh west ham who finished mm-hmm. 16th last year in a disappointing campaign for them although that's pretty pretty much an annual thing now uh although yeah, despite I guess, all the money they spend right and the new stadium and everything i mean since then it hasn't been very impressive but i guess the one the one bright spot is that they were 10th in the league since the restart putting up 12 points so a little bit more promising um not an active window though uh diangana was their departure to west brom um mm-hmm. so yeah did you see mark noble uh tweeted he was like pissed off that they let uh diangana go because he had like a great he was like great player great future etc uh is like disappointed at the club's ambition or whatever yeah well he should be disappointed that he's still in this side (laughs) (laughs) well what's crazy is you can see on the chart i made he actually had been playing at uh he's always been defensive midfield but he was playing at cam a lot and like scoring and stuff uh toward the end despite being like actually 40 and and probably having no legs (laughs) at all and (laughs) it's just baffling to me i mean Um, i just think mark noble is the type of player like Last year he was fourth in their team in scoring. Like, your team is not like he's just a player that should be like deep in the chart, and he should just yeah. be coming on as like a courtesy to what he's done for the club. Like, he should not be still like providing this much for them. Yeah, well, I think he's at least unless until recently he took a lot of penalties for them. Um, so that that's something. But 
I every year like you always are gonna assume that he's gonna fade out um and actually someone I didn't uh, include who's oh I did include him yeah a bit further back is like a player like Suchek who will start to replace him mm-hmm. I think Suchek has COVID right now though so uh <laughs> good luck <laughs> actually when we were talking about City earlier um, and like Foden and shit um, I guess Laporte and Mahrez both actually have COVID right now so huh. yeah I mean it, it is a it is a concern though like I've heard about pro athletes having like heart and lung problems like like permanent or maybe like semi-permanent um, as mm-hmm. a result so like I mean I feel like if enough people get it we're going to start to see some of that um, yeah I think the season could be even more nuts than this season was because this season really like we had a huge stop but like this past season but yeah. like this coming season people will get covid and be out for two weeks or more depending if they have like symptoms or whatever mm-hmm. um and people will just their starting main player could just all of a sudden that there is consistently getting the most points on their fantasy team could all of a sudden just not be able to play and and I, and i think like way, it's so. just like the situation with like it's spreading to the rest of the team like, I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know why. I just, like, think if it's going to spread to a team and, like, really fuck the league up, it's going to be United. Like, everyone's going to get it somehow. <laughs> and, like, they're not going to be able to play at all and all their fixtures will be canceled. And it'll well, just be I wonder, a big mess. Like, say too many are infected that they can't feel the full team. Like, did they just play a bunch of kids who aren't infected from their, like, U23s? Or did they forfeit the match and, like, take zero points for it? Or does the match get canceled and... I think postponed. the I think the match gets postponed most likely. Yeah, I, I think I, what was the nice. what league did it happen here in the U.S.? It was basketball. I can't remember. No, baseball was the one where um, in the MLB, like a few teams got it, and I think they just postponed it or maybe canceled the games. I don't know if that would work in the Premier League though, with like the fact that there's no playoffs or anything like that. So they yeah. they have to find a way to get those games in. Yeah. So yeah, so back to West Ham. Um, I think like the midfield is probably the hardest to predict here, um, but they have like a lot of players who should be good. But like with a 16th place finish last year, you have to be cautious. Um, but they have definite talent. So Antonio, Anderson, Lanzini, Snodgrass, uh, Yarmolenko, like they're all vying for these these attacking midfield positions. Um, so it's a little bit of a it's it's a bit of a toss up. It's definitely going to hurt like all their draft potential, but. These are like all players that I think could be on teams mm-hmm. by the end of the first few weeks. Um, yeah, the one player who I think is most certain to always be starting, and this is if he doesn't move for eighty million to Chelsea because they haven't spent enough money, <laughs> is um, is Declan Rice actually? Yeah. Um, who actually does well for them in fantasy, uh, uh, solely probably based on the fact that um, he plays like every minute, so. Yeah, he was their no. best player in terms of overall points last year, but not in terms of One, points per game. Yeah, I mean, considering Antonio played probably so much fewer minutes, um, I think how that math works out looking at his points per game, I think that is, what, like 50% less minutes or something? He had Antonio um, put up and one and a half just, times points per game. So Yeah, and so and he ended up like 20 points below Rice. So yeah. um, clearly with Rice, or his, his real value is in that he plays every single game yeah um, but so, he's really the only position that seems like it's guaranteed so 
Yeah, I think Antonio is probably my first pick. Well, he is my first pick here, but Rice, if Rice doesn't go to another person in your league who is looking at his points last year, then he could be like a very good late round, like, oh, like I'll just slot this guy in for everyone else who gets injured or doesn't play random games. Because um, mm-hmm. you know he's going to play a lot. Um, but Antonio is like the most exciting player on the team in terms of point production. Yeah, he is, but I mean, he ended the season so well. Um, a lot of people are crediting him with like saving them from being relegated. Um, but for a lot of the season, he was either starting on the right or, or not really playing much at all or subbing on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Haller was like 40 million or whatever. And, um, Haller actually started okay, uh, last season, but very quickly, um, was not producing the goals. Um, so uh, assuming, and I don't see why they wouldn't, um, unless Haller really impresses in preseason, which he actually really could, um, it, it would make sense for them to pick up with Antonio up top, but if he doesn't, it, it kind of really concerns me. I don't know if I would be comfortable with that level of risk. Yeah, there's definitely risk with all these players on like the in the West Ham attack. I think also... Jared Bowen was someone who had a great end to the year and probably was a big part of the reason why they didn't get relegated. Um, yep, I like Bowen as a pick too. Yeah, Bowen's a good, good, solid pick. Um, but it does put a little bit of questions like Snodgrass and Felipe Anderson, who are both really good players. I feel um, obviously Felipe yeah. Anderson was just like a rocket at times last year. Um, Snodgrass is, I don't know, he's old though, and yeah, I don't think gets much starts anymore so i i wouldn't really be looking at him i don't think no i wouldn't either Um, unless he does get starts um but i don't think he is like as of now so probably not a draftable player although he did put up quite a few points last last year for them yeah i think for consistent minutes um in the attack it's it's felipe anderson and um i want to say bowen but um considering he's just kind of breaking onto the scene um i guess like this season pretty much um i see i see bone starting still... i think i think first game um, yeah i think he'll i think he'll start the season which might be just enough for people to go on he's actually uh 59th ish average draft position um which is pretty high yeah yeah i think he's definitely kind of exciting and i think four and yarmolenko could play in the wing if antonio plays up top Hmm. I think I don't know if Fornals can also play in the middle or not, but maybe he ends up there if uh if Noble finally like runs out of gas or something. Yeah, I think I think most most people think Tomas Suchek. How do you say his name? Suchek. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. S- starts at like Cam or like maybe in the center really? of the midfield, but I don't. Yeah, I thought he was a bit further back, but. Yeah, he didn't kind of just like a big dude. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think he should start there, but I I see it quite often. People thinking he'll start there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. but he was a January signing last year, and you know he could have a good a good um, fan track scoring. I think he had three goals and thirteen appearances last year. Yeah, I think he'll be a reliable starter, especially if he's a bit further back, partnering with Rice. Um. So he's safe in in that sense, but yeah, he wasn't really on my radar. But I think he's on. I think he's going actually like top fifty or sixty in in, in a lot of mock drafts. 
Yeah, I'll be. I mean, I just don't have faith in West Ham as a whole. Like they they've spent a lot more money than this season, where they've spent like no money mm-hmm. um, in the past and and got nothing to show for it. Um, even in just terms of uh, where they finished in the league, they're always disappointing. Um, I don't see how they're not disappointing again this year. I guess. Um, some of their players, like I said, I would get Rice as like one of my later mids, but it sounds like he'll probably get drafted earlier. Bowen as well. There are guys I would get for depth probably, um, and hopefully have someone to rotate that I wouldn't have to start them every week. Um, but I would pretty much avoid West Ham in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you unless you are getting to the point where you can't, but. Um, yeah, it it should be an interesting season. I think Felipe Anderson is probably the main player that I would be cautious of, um, just because he can't like score if he's on the bench. Like, even though I think he's a pretty, like, he's a quality player, but he just doesn't seem to have his head in the right spot in at, uh, West Ham anymore. Um, yeah, because he's like, wow, I'm here. I was like, I saw an interview with uh Fabrizio Romano, and he was like talking about how. When he was on Lazio, uh, Anderson was like one of the best players in the league, like just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's kind of got a much worse move, I guess, by going to West Ham. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great place to be right now. But like, yeah, they just have to turn it around. Um, and then Lanzini probably also will, won't feature in the starting 11. Um, in terms of defenders, I think Fredericks and Cresswell are decent towards the end of the draft but they don't keep clean sheets really um but they might get forward a lot yeah i i saw i've heard that they might get max aarons from norwich which would be a player i'd be really interested in um at right back there Mm -hmm. uh but i if fredericks plays i think he's pretty good at getting forward as well and I would never be expecting clean sheets or good defensive um, output from West Ham defenders. Uh, so that's about all I'd pick up. I'm not sure what the left-back situation is in terms of... Um, I never know if like Masuaku or Cresswell is injured or... Yeah, I think Cresswell probably choice. starts like a, as a default. But I mean, if you're picking up a West Ham defender, probably just be prepared to get shelled yeah. and then realize you're an idiot. I'm pricing anyway. I I will say Fabianski. Um, I think he's an okay pick. Uh, yeah. Just because he's great at saving. Um, which he has to do a lot because their defense is bad. Yeah, and they'll they'll give up a lot of shots. Um. And then if you want to pick up Mark Noble, then that'd be great because I can just laugh at you and and just like yeah. you can just be the classic guy that picks up Mark Noble. It's funny though they'll, they'll get the last laugh because fucking just score pens every week or something <laughs> yeah and, and i'll just like continue he was fourth in their scoring last year in our league which is just depressing yeah. i mean that's depressing. he had like a little renaissance too at the end of the at the end of the um i think at the like after the restart or something maybe mm-hmm. um or at some point maybe it was before i don't remember but uh he was like scoring like every other game for like a little spell I was, yeah. I mean, he only had four goals, so that's probably when it was. But yeah, he should be on the bench as like an assistant coach, not starting. Um, uh, all right, there we go. Back to back assists in July. 
this doesn't go back further for his goals, but whatever. Yeah, I think that probably. I mean, that, that probably wraps it up for West Ham. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty, but if you get them late, then might get a little bit of a gem if they bounce back. But they could also be relegated. I could see that too. Yeah, I think the teams I'm most down on are in the league in general, uh, especially for fantasy, is is West Brom, West Ham, and and probably Fulham. Um, so two promoted teams and West Ham. Yeah, and I think Leeds, be... Leeds will be okay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, but but then again, West Ham could could pop up and do really well this year. Like, I mean, I think they have they have quality. I mean, the, the defense is still a little bit. Yeah, there's no denying that a lot of their players are quality, especially like Felipe Anderson or whatever. But um, even Yarmolenko, I think, is like underrated and doesn't get the chance. He he was injured for a while too after they signed him. But yeah, Moyes um, needs to figure that shit out. He's not doing great. Yeah, Moyes is just also a fucking idiot. So yeah, <laughs> it doesn't it help. Fucking sack him. But yeah, Yarmolenko never seems to start no matter what. So yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I have no sympathy for West Ham. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, for their fans, I hope they do well, but I, I just can't have any sympathy for them. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll round it out here with Wolves. This is usually a pretty exciting team ever since they came up a few years ago. Um, finished seventh last year, which was really, really good. Uh, similarly, eighth uh, since the restart with 16 points. Uh, key transfer out was Matt Doherty to Spurs. Um, and Marcel came in from Lyon, which uh, was their their key key name that came in. Yeah, I think they're um, they're one of the like potential dark horse teams we were talking earlier about, like who could um, kind of break into the top six or whatever. Um, I think Wolves are definitely one of the top candidates to do that. Yeah, um, they're pretty good attacking. Um, but really good defensively and just as a as a team as a whole they're good um and like as a system and all that stuff so um i'm not sure if they'll line up uh for a lot of the season they were like a 3-4-3 uh with with Moutinho and Neves in the midfield and then um sort of like i don't know like someone like Jota Jimenez and Adama up top um, and then later on they switched to more of like a a 5-3-2 or 3-5-2 or whatever um, when they still had Doherty, um, and they were playing Jimenez and, and Adama together up top, and, and it's two two sort of strikers. So uh, with Dendonker taking an extra midfield spot, so not sure how they'll line up between those two, but it it will be one of those two. I think uh, Nuno is a coach that likes players to fit the system, and that's important for how they play. So yeah, I don't see that changing. Yeah, I think so. The the big name is obviously Adama, and he's in all mock drafts going pretty much first round, like tenth to twelfth pick. Um, mm-hmm. He's a player who, like, we always joke, like if he grew up in the U.S., he would never have touched a soccer ball because he's just jacked, and he would definitely be playing football. Um, he said he um, he said he never lifts; he just runs, and he's just he's out natural. <laughs> really, he must eat yeah. a lot of fucking chicken breasts. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, he he's going to be exciting. I think people are probably like anticipating him to have a better year than he did last year if they're picking him in the top in the first round. Um, he was second in their scoring in our league behind Jimenez. Um, and I don't know where him and I forget where Jimenez is usually going, but he's pretty closely behind him. 
Um, and he should probably be the number two to look at for Wolves, or even first if you prefer him. Um, but Adama and Jimenez are like the two big names. Yeah, Jimenez is actually above him in the average draft at like 15 or 16th, and then Adama 22-23. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, so I think probably yeah. like a lot of the mock drafts are people who are like really keyed in, so maybe it's a sign that he's going to he's gonna pop off, but we'll see. Yeah, they're really similar um, in terms of points last season. Um, both right next to each other overall for forwards. Um, and sort of, what is that, 6th and 7th overall for forwards. Um, so yeah, I, I think, like I mentioned with Adama, if they don't sign a um, another right back to cover... Um, I think that he'll be back in his original like right wing back role, um, and then I think you can expect a lesser season from him from a fantasy standpoint. Um, especially where he's classed as a forward, he's not going to be getting much of the um, defensive uh, benefit that that he would if he was a defender. Um, so in that case, I'd get Raul I, first, but yeah, I sort really of, I sure. sort of think that they'll find a way to play him up top, like in a forward position. Um, whether yeah, it be I think that'd be or, or like changing the formation. I, yeah, well, see, I I think that'd be stupid not to play him up up front. Um, at least in that like right wing spot in a front three, like he was for a bit too. But what I see even less is them changing the formation of the team. So. Yeah. Um I think they either need to like get a right back or um yeah, or who knows. I mean that's really their only option or else he'll he'll probably end up there. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I think probably I'm going him in as first, but but people you know, are definitely gonna probably disagree and, and want to take Triari first and I, I can't fault them because yeah. he could definitely have a great season. If it was guaranteed, I would pick Adama just because he's more exciting than Jimenez to me, right, um, yeah. and probably most people. But yeah, with the uncertainty there, I'd agree on on Jimenez. Mm-hmm. And then I think next up is uh, in terms of points last year, it was actually Moutinho, and then a huge drop off to to Neves. Neves usually doesn't do quite as well in terms of Fantrax scoring, but Moutinho was was really good. Like not uh, many clicks behind uh, Adama um, last year. Uh, so definitely, like, he's gonna go in like the first half of the draft. Um, yeah, a lot of folks will just see his total points last season, and that will be their only, um, their only metric for drafting. Interesting, Neves only seventy seven percent drafted, which I think is crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy that he's not a hundred percent for me. Um, even as people's like bench players, just because he plays every game and wolves are one of the teams that has a potential to have an even better season than they did last year mm-hmm. um they're i think a team on the up overall um although i mean whatever they're doing with their fullbacks is uh concerning uh in terms of like from an ambition standpoint but i do think they'll still be on the up so yeah i think i think with wolves it's just sort of like they're very consistent and they have like a good good strategy and they're very like dependable um and so for a really good team that does that it's just it's just great they're like a poor man's liverpool in, in that way 
Um, but yeah, so Jimenez and then Willie Bali is probably my first pick in the defense. Uh, he's just like kind of a beast in Fantrax scoring. Um, he's just like all over the place in terms of defensive categories and doesn't really need clean sheets, clean sheets to do well. Um, hmm. but he was, he had some injuries last year, so, uh, people might not, might not see him, uh, popping down their list. And then also Roman Sice is, uh, now classed as a, classed as a defender. So probably a good target in like the mid rounds. Yeah. I think he's sort of slotted back to one of the three center backs. Um, cause I think he's well, like defensive midfield traditionally, but, um, they loaned what Ryan Bennett, I guess, to Lester for a lot of last season. So. I wonder if he comes and takes back the spot from Sice. I'm not sure, but um, I think Sice played well enough that he shouldn't lose his spot. Um, and then I know Cody is is pretty much a stalwart of the side in, in central defense. Um, I I heard a funny thing that he like even on corners and stuff though he never passes the halfway line, so he's always like. <laughs> in the Wolves' own half, so he's not going to be getting any headers off corners or stuff like Bali might. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. Me and my brother were writing up the uh, some some plays for our for our club team, uh, and you, Colin, were the one that we stuck back there at the back end of the, the, uh, the midline yeah, for corners. So. I figured I'd either be, like, top of the box or, yeah, or, or back there, but... Just hanging out with the keeper. Well, I would be, like, I... <laughs> I think they like they usually a lot of teams will have someone like a fullback on the halfway line, um, who's meant to like run back. Yeah, in case shit hits team the, gets the ball and counters. Yeah, but and then a, like another that. player that I think like would be worth a punt at the end would be Potence, uh, Daniel Potence. He was like pretty impressive yeah. towards the end of the year last year. <laughs> I love Potence, dude. Yeah. Um. um. But yeah, he's someone I pick late. Uh, wow, his average draft position is one twenty four. Damn, that's crazy. All right, well, if you're if that's you're... like in in someone's first eleven in a, in our <laughs> league anyway. I mean, maybe a lot of these leagues are like four man leagues or something. Who knows? Yeah. But um, only sixty five percent drafted. But I think he'll only get more minutes this season. Um, so I would pick him late. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I would definitely take a punt I'd on him. him. His points per game are like pretty decent, um, especially if he, if he improves. Um, Johnny also is going to be out, right? Yeah. Otherwise, he would be um, one of my top picks for Wolves um, for sure. But how long is he out uh, for? I think like six months, I, I right? Think a while. I think a while. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. The other player who I was gonna pick right away. Um, as like one of my probably top three Wolves picks was Vinagre, who right. would fill in for Johnny, but um, they bought Marsal, who is thirty one, wasn't featuring a ton for Leon, um, and I, I don't know, I think it's crazy that they would sell Vinagre and have Marsal at left wing back. I feel like he would more likely play left center back in a three back where he was playing toward the end of his time at Lyon. Um, so, but then if they sell Vinagre, I guess there's talk that they might get someone else in in that spot. It's it's really unclear what they're doing with their wingbacks. Yeah. Um, and I think Marcel playing there is, is a, a real obvious downgrade from even Vinagre. Um, 
but maybe they're happy to just take that and take the profit on Vinagre until Johnny gets back to take it back from Marcel. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think for the first six months of the year or however long Johnny's out, like Vinagre would be a player that I would maybe consider drafting it like as a punt at the end, just because like I think he probably has some upside. Um and like I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he was like really lighting it up at the beginning and people were like, damn, I should have drafted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like like I was saying for Adama too, is uh if Triore is a right wing back, that's a waste, but they sold Doherty and don't really have some people have been talking about um Burr because he's the only other like right back in the club and it's funny he's zero percent drafted but he has an average draft position of 492 somehow (laughs) um but so i don't think he's really played for them so i don't see that happening um i think their plan was after they sold doherty to buy ainsley maitland niles from arsenal but it looks like ainsley's gonna stay at arsenal now so they don't really have that option so that's that's just why i don't see i haven't really heard who they're linked with there whereas i have heard they are even linked with um if they sell ruben vinagre he'd go to like porto and they might buy alex Tellez, which would be massive so yeah um and a player i would get in right away as well so right um but if, if they if they sell him and don't get a replacement for him and just like they don't seem to have one lined up for Doherty, then it's like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Vinagre is also like, he's a young player. So like, I wouldn't is, be surprised yeah. if I like, flipped him over to the other side or like did something like that. Um, I don't know. I see him making it into the side one way or another, um, but definitely could be wrong. So, you know, I don't think he has tremendous value, but uh, probably worth a look. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much does it for Wolves. I, they're, they're kind of a, they're a bit predictable besides those those wingbacks, and hopefully they can just continue to perform. And hopefully the people picking Adama at tenth are happy with him and that he kind of goes off. Um, because he had a great season last year, and I would hate to see him like regress at all. Um, but at the same time, Wolves will have to work really hard to to keep that spot at seventh where they finished last year. Yeah. So I think yeah, with like that, I said yeah. there. They're a good team, but yeah, if they don't sort out their wingbacks, that's a big part of how they play. Um, they might actually struggle when they could have really um, capitalized on the finish they had last season. Right, yeah. So hopefully they'll do that. Definitely a fun team to watch. All right, so I guess with that, we'll wrap it up. Um, we've got our draft coming up in four days now. Um, so we'll be doing, in a few days, we'll do a, a little bit of a, uh, just sort of a, anything goes sort of draft uh, video uh, podcast and sort of talk about whatever's on our mind ahead of the draft. I know a lot of uh, emotions fly. And so we want to just get ready um, before our draft comes. And then we'll probably just do a little recap after that. But other than that, I mean, we're ready for game week one here. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a weird season, man. It's yeah. Hopefully the season doesn't have too many like hiccups or roadblocks or teams getting COVID, but and hopefully we get to see some fans in the stadium safely too, and that'd be sick. Yeah. All right, so we'll see you guys midweek, and uh, yeah, we'll talk later. See you later. I'm going to hit stop now. <laughs>